Hi, Angels. This is Francisca, and you're listening to Everybody Hates LA. day another moment where i get to talk about the golden age of hollywood which is arguably my most favorite era of all times i have been thinking about why that is and i think it's because it's just i mean it's the most influential era of movies um i think it's when people started showing their influence and innovation um but your guess is you know as good as mine um Sorry if you can hear the rain in the background. Uh, We currently have Hurricane Hillary coming through, which I definitely didn't prepare as much for as I probably should have. Anna's making me question whether I would die in a zombie apocalypse, but I'm sitting in a closet to try and help with the audio, and I think you can probably still hear it, but whatever. I think it's relaxing, right? Um... But today, we are talking about the stars. Um, You know, I think it's so crazy to me how there are people that we still all know and recognize and could tell stories about that lived, you know, 60 plus years ago. And it all has to do something along the lines of like legacy, right? So you have movies, Casablanca, Citizen Kane, um, Jazz Singer, Wizard of Oz, all of those movies that are coming to mind that we think about when we think about the golden age um but then you also have the people that actually like are making that true so as i went down one of my many rabbit holes that i have i came around the name uh joe ackerman who was a photographer slash just like a regular dude back in the day but he liked to take photos and he liked to take photos of stars um and in my research i actually met his daughter julie ackerman who is just such a beautiful soul and is kind and caring and loves animals and I hope uh loves me as much as I love her (laughs) Julie did you hear this uh but no we got coffee we started hanging out and I got Julie's book um which is the golden age of Hollywood through the lens of her father Joe Ackerman and we started talking about just how it came about and what I thought was really crazy was that you know, Julie is one of five. She and her siblings had a regular upbringing, if you will, here in California. And it wasn't until after her father passed away that she realized she had this treasure just tucked away in her garage. Um, And so today you're going to hear about those stories and you're going to hear about her book, um, which is a coffee table that reflects a portion of over 5,000 autographs which is just insane. Um, And hundreds of those photographs were individually autographed by the stars. Oftentimes, like you'll see um, different artists and actors and actresses from when they were child actors to when they grew up and became these icons that we remember now. And I just thought it's just so beautiful. The story is so amazing. It's just really heartwarming. And it makes me wish I knew my family that well. But uh, yeah, I hope you all enjoy. Welcome, Julie. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Everybody Hates LA. I'm Francisca Pugh, your host. And today is a rainy day in LA. 
I'm really excited about this. I've been super excited since 2022 when I first reached out to you randomly, but I've Julie Anderson with me wrote The Golden Age of Hollywood. How are you? I'm good. Good. How are you? Golden Age of Hollywood. Yes. How did you embrace the Golden Age of Hollywood? How did you even get introduced to it? I got introduced to the Golden Age of Hollywood through my dad, um, his love of Hollywood and the fact that he was a part-time photographer and autograph collector over the years. And that grew on me after, you know, I saw what he had accomplished. Yeah. It's funny because you say part-time photographer. And I remember when I first found your book online and I was going through the reviews and the photos and the history that he amassed over the years of photography, right? Mm Self-taught. I was mesmerized because you would think that he, I mean, he was the paparazzi before the paparazzi was even coined, right? right? He went out and he took photos and he met the stars and he knew the history and he just kind of joined the whole studio landscape. Tell Mm -hmm. me about your father. How did he, how did he even get to Hollywood? Well, my dad was born and raised in Oklahoma. So um, he went to a, um, a play back in the day, and it was Ethel Barrymore. So she was in the play. He was in a drama class, and they went um, backstage afterwards, and he got to meet her and get her autograph. So that kind of started the whole thing. And yeah. then from there, he um, got more interested and wanted to move to Hollywood. So he picked up everything and moved there on his own by himself. He didn't know anybody. And that's when he started like seeing all the stars, um, getting involved with um, other photographers, you know, that were taking pictures and everything. Yeah. So through that. Was he a teenager? No, he was um, probably in his early 20s. Okay. When he moved. And he just left everything to move to Hollywood. Yep. That sounds really familiar because I did the same thing. Really? I, I don't know what it is, but I, rem- I don't, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really have that many memories, right? Like you have a few different moments of, I don't know, maybe like a Christmas or something. But for me, I have a distinct memory when I was five, I was watching TV I was watching some kind of cartoon and I was by myself on the couch and I was like, I'm moving to Hollywood. And that was the clearest memory I have. And that was my North Star ever since then, right? Like through elementary school, through middle school, through high school. And everyone used to make fun of me because of course in Germany, like you can't just move to Hollywood. Like you can't even move to the United States of America. That was like a a big dream. And then you make it. So I feel like I have that in common with him because you just, you're like, I'm going to move there. I don't know what I'm going to find. I didn't know what I was going to do. Right. But you just kind of go there because of the maybe the stardom, the lights, the hope, the dreams, something like that. Yep. And he never really wanted to be a star. He wanted to take pictures. He wanted to experience being around the stars and, you know, all, everything that's Hollywood, the yeah. film, you know, industry, everything. So yeah. He kind of embraced that once he got there. Did he get his first camera when he moved to Hollywood? I believe so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he was by himself. What was the first photo that he took? Um, I think the first photo that he took was when he got to Hollywood, kind of the, you know, I don't know if it was a film set, but it was, you know, some of the pictures of yeah. Hollywood downtown on Hollywood Boulevard. You had no idea though. Like you knew, you knew that he had a hobby of photography. You knew that he would go out and he would come home being all excited with all the photos and the people that he met. Did you know his passion growing up? I did not. No, we were kind of, you know, in the routine of, uh, living in sub- suburbia and just kind of like going to school and doing sports activities and our friends and everything. So during that time frame, I know he used to sneak off on the weekends or do different events where he'd go to um, premieres and get autographs yeah. and do that. But up until probably I was in my teens, 
was when we started realizing, you know, what he had done. Yeah. All the autographs that he had gotten. Would you say, would you say you had a normal kind of growing up then, like a normal family in LA? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Glendale. (laughs) Okay. Glendale, I went to Glendale High, Glendale College, um, got a scholarship in art, and then um, moved out of state for 10 years, and then came back. You went moved out of state? Where'd you move to? Utah. (gasps) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So that was a big thing for me because, you know, uh, I hadn't ever lived anywhere else. So at that point, I decided, you know, it's time. I was married at the time, too. Yeah. Um, So it was a good change to get out. What made you come back? Um, Probably my boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He got a good job, and so we moved back. So you had a good kind of upbringing with your siblings, with your family. You grew up, of course, around Hollywood when everyone's talking about entertainment and movies and all of that, right? You knew your your father had hobbies. You knew that he would kind of go out and sneak out and do all these things. When or at what point did you realize, wow, I have something here? Um, It was probably when my mom brought up the idea of doing a book, and that was after my dad passed away. So at that point, we started looking through stuff. We knew he had the slide collection because he was doing the shows. Yeah. Um, But it was a matter of finding all the other pictures, like thousands of pictures that were in boxes that we brought out. We were just sitting there going, oh, my gosh, look at all this. It's incredible. Were they all just in a garage or in an attic or what? They were in a garage. They were just boxes full of like, um, he had probably about six um, photo albums or scrapbooks that he put together. A lot of the pictures that I'd never seen before was him with his friends when they were down on Hollywood Boulevard, the guys that were, you know, doing all the photography. Yeah. And so that was surprising because my dad was always behind the camera. And in these, a lot of them, he was in front of the camera. Sure. You know, they were taking his picture, getting the autographs from the stars. So, so it was almost like they had like a little group together, right? That would mm-hmm. go out together yeah. and then take the shots. A little posse. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. Yeah. So. How many photos do you think he had? It's in the thousands. I don't wow. even think we've been able to count them all. Um, but I narrowed it down for the book, which is yeah. really hard to do, you know, to get the ones that I thought were the best. And we were able to do that. So your mom had the idea for the book and was like, hey, I think we should do something with that. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about that process and what that took. Because I'm sure emotionally that was a really big thing too, right? Like your your father passed away. You're going through his memories. You're going through your family probably. Hey, I was a child when he took this photo or this is what happened when he took that photo, right? Right, right. And you're trying to create this work of art that he, would would he have wanted a book to, to happen? No, he wouldn't have. He was very humble. He didn't tell anybody about anything he was doing. It was his hobby, and it was basically for him. Yeah. Um, Then when he got married, my mom got involved, too, and so they had fun. It was just like an excursion to get out there and, you know, take pictures and kind of be around the stars. Yeah. It was an energy, I think, that he just fed off of. Yeah. He really enjoyed it. The passion. Yeah. I think that almost makes it better, right, than Mm -hmm. just kind of I'm doing it for a purpose or to get money or something else. Right. Yeah. So it was just him, you know, and um, he enjoyed it. He enjoyed, you know, being among these stars. And um, for him, he realized, you know, their time was really important. They didn't want to be around, you know, people all the time taking their pictures. So he was very polite. He would ask for their autograph. And if they didn't want to do it, he didn't, you know, take their picture, get their autograph. But pretty much everybody did. 
they enjoyed it too. Well, it's so funny, right? Because they were driving around Sunset Boulevard or just around downtown LA or something. And you could approach the stars at that time, right? Mm -hmm. Versus now I think it's a little bit more, you want to be a little bit more cautious and respectful of their time. And of course you have the influencers and stuff. Right. Did he have any bad encounters? Um, The only encounter wasn't a bad encounter, but it happened a couple times was he wanted to get Paul Newman's autograph. And he had seen him several times, and he just refused. He was like, no, I'm sorry. And he even finally got to know my dad's name. And he'd be like, sorry, Joe, I can't give you my autograph. So, you know, he he was persistent. He thought, I'll just keep trying, and maybe one day he'll say, yeah, sure. Um, But he never did. So other than that, all the encounters were really good. Um, You know, I think I mentioned in the book that, um, you know, he had specific encounters with people, and I'd share those stories. Yeah. um, with Catherine Hepburn and Robert Mitchum and just a whole bunch of neat little stories. Yeah. And they weren't, you know, obviously they didn't sit and chat for hours, but yeah. I did enjoy the time. It was a form spent. of respect almost, right? And, yeah. and what my favorite thing about the book is too, I mean, it, it's literally through one, your lens, right? But mm-hmm. also his lens, right? Mm-hmm. Like your father, as he kind of went through the streets and as he waited by the studios for everyone to get out after they were uh, done with their day of production, and my favorite thing is that you go from all of the black and white photos to mm-hmm. then having color, right? Even like the use of pens, right? Like the pen that he first used to get the autographs versus towards the end right. of his life and what happened. Like there are so many different details in there that even I think for me, right? Even when I've grown up, like I've, I've always had a computer. I've always had technology at my hands. Back then you didn't, right? right? Like you used a specific type of camera. You had to produce uh, your, your, your photos in a specific way, like, Tell me more about all of that and how you even put it together and the thought process behind that. Well, I think he got to the point where he was seeing so many stars on a regular basis. Um, And again, he was working full time at that point. So this was just on the weekends and evenings. And he'd go to premieres and he'd meet his friends there. Um, But he kind of came up with a system because he started just getting autographs for some of the stars and realized, you know, that they were okay with having their picture taken too. Yeah. So he started taking pictures and then he wanted to go back and have them autograph the picture. Wow. So he put them in a little file folder that was alphabetized and he put the picture in for, for each name of each star in a little briefcase and then he'd be around Hollywood and if he'd see him again, he'd ask him for their autograph. So he had this little system of going back again and getting the, the photo autographed and wow. they would... Everybody that he took a picture of would autograph the photo. So he didn't have anybody say no. Um, some of them wrote to Joe you uh. know, and signed him best wishes and different things like that. Yeah. So it was neat. It was something that a lot of people, I don't know of anybody else that was doing it at the time. So yeah. He how, started doing it. How did he know their names? Um, just because they were so big at the time. Yeah. So he pretty much studied, you know, Hollywood and all the stars and got to know who they were. Wow. Yeah. And he just brought his little briefcase with him until he could develop the photos and see them again. And were there any that he didn't end up signing or seeing ever again? Um, that's a good question. I don't know that, um, because I do know there were a lot of pictures in there that were black and whites that yeah. weren't autographed, but those were like B stars. They yeah. weren't, you know, the main stars. I think the majority of them, he got the ones yeah. that he wanted. Um, there was one person, um, gosh, W.C. Fields, where he got his autograph, but he couldn't get his picture. Wow. So I think that might have been one that, you know, he probably wanted a photo of him, too. Where was his favorite place to get the autographs? Or was he just everywhere? 
he was pretty much everywhere, but there were a couple of places that he thought were really um, good spots to see them, and they're having fun, like the Coconut Grove, which yeah. is a club. Um, there's the um, Hollywood Canteen, which was a place where all the stars that were in the military um, would go. Yeah. I'm sorry, the stars in the military would go, but also other stars would go there and serve the military. Yeah. So just the regular military would come in. It was a private club, and the stars would perform for them and serve them and everything. You wow. Know, just as a way to give back for, for their service. Yeah. So that was another one that he enjoyed. Yeah. I love it, though, because he has so many candidates. It's almost, you know, now we have so many photographers and brands and products that I think we talked about this before we even started, right, that are kind of uh, created, pre like not even prematurely, but they're just the solid project, right? Like you have to look a certain way. You have to have this kind of theme and whatnot. Your father really took candidates, and he was in the moment with other people. There were even some photos in here that he followed stars from the beginning of their career all the way through the end. And so it's kind of funny to see like how, what they first look like, what they first were working on. You have little snippets in there about like their first kind of projects that they worked on, what they're most famous for. And then even towards the end of their career, seeing kind of how they've matured and how they're kind of shining in a different way. Mm -hmm. Rita Hayesworth is one of them, for example. I right. think that was my favorite. Yeah. And again, those are candid shots and they're not, I mean, they didn't have all the makeup on like they would for a set, you yeah. know, when they're filming. Um, they looked really natural, beautiful, all beautiful smiles and just really, you know, sincere. Yeah. Sincere people. Yeah. And more it. human than yeah. just being a big star. Yeah. Even. Tell me more about your father's um, project and kind of his presentations. Um, so after a while, when he wasn't doing as much in the way of collecting autographs or going out as much, he decided he wanted to put together a slideshow of some of the stars and put little a narrative that had you know little stories with each of the stars um, again through the golden age yeah. so there were quite a few of those um, and so he'd tell little stories that went with them and you know he'd go to like social groups or Hollywood breakfast clubs or yeah. you know just different events and um, retirement home communities where people would you know be familiar with a lot of the older stars yeah um and he'd do that little presentation he loved doing it the people loved it and so he just kept going around and doing that you know just for fun yeah for him too. i mean it's just having this little piece of like history with you that i think is just super exciting which even you know when you open this you could open it on any page and you can just look at where the stars were at that time and kind of the date range even that goes with it but you can read the entire thing and you just like even for me, I'm like Clark Gable, Charlie Chaplin. Like there's so many different names in there that I'm like, whoa, like I know these people. Or I watch these movies or, oh, I haven't watched this movie. Let me go get it, you know? So yeah. I think it's just fascinating. And I think that's what a lot of people have said. It's kind of, you know, let them, or they start remembering all these old movies that they've seen, regardless of what age they are. Yeah. That are classic movies. And it's like, gosh, I got to go back and see that. Yeah. Again, you know. How well did you know about the golden age before you started this project? I knew some because I did take a history of film class in college. Okay. Um, I was probably in my 20s, my early 20s. And again, it was through that process that I realized my dad had autographs from people from the silent film era, Keystone Cops, Charlie yeah. Chaplin, Mary Pickford, um, and D.W. Griffith, who's like the, the pioneer of the, you know, the movie, the yeah. original movie, full-length movie. So... 
once I started seeing that, you know, and those people in his collection, I was just blown away. I was yeah. like, wow, this is incredible. So yeah. it helped me, too, to, you know, appreciate even more what he accomplished. Yeah. Talk to me more about, like, the relationship with your mother, because I think you even mentioned that as you went through it, there were some maybe some photos that you were like, I don't quite know who this is, and you had talked to your mom and your aunt. Mm-hmm. Was that a healing process for you? I think it was because it brought my mom and I closer um, to the point where, you know, we would just look at these pictures and just realize, you know, this was such a wonderful time for him. Yeah. And, you know, to be able to see that in the images and the pictures that we found of him, you know, being there. Um, my aunt would tell me stories, you know, way back in the day, in the day when they first moved um, out to California. And she would tell me how... Um, she would go with my dad before he met his my mom. Yeah, and he'd uh, he'd be known by like Paramount at the gates, and they'd be like, "Oh my goodness, here comes Joe again!" <laughs> so the guys' security were like, "Well, we're not going to let him in." So my aunt, he's like, "Here, you go in. They don't know you yet." So he would go. She would go in there for him and get autographs, you know. And of course, that didn't last very long. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, again, he didn't do anything where the the people at the security were like, you know. It's, it's not hurting anything yeah. and he actually used to work at Paramount for I think about a year okay um so he kind of got his to know his way around there too how funny why did he leave Paramount and where did he go after I think you know for him he needed to have a career yeah. like a, like a full, full-time business um so he acquired a sound business well hearing aid business wow mainly um and so he had a partner in that. And so that took up a lot of his time. And, you know, again, he got married, five kids. You know, he needed to have something substantial. So that's what he did. I love that. How did he meet your mom? I think it was a blind date. <gasps> yes. Stop. Yeah. So the funny thing is my dad moved out by himself. Yeah. His family followed his sister and his mom about a year later. And then my mom grew up in Indiana. And my dad's family was from Indiana. So my mom grows up in Indiana. And at some point, her and her cousin, they're like 18 years old, and they said, we're getting out of here. We're going to Hollywood. Yeah. So they decided to go to Hollywood, too. They got an apartment together. Um, and I don't know, you know, if it was through the work or whatever, but my mom's cousin um, said, I want you to date this guy. He's a great guy. Yeah. And that's how we met. Did they fall in love instantly, do you think, or? I think it was a grown, you know, um, respect for each other. Yeah. And and kind of was slower paced, but um, again, I think they had a connection, definitely. Oh, fun. How many siblings do you have? There's five kids in our family. I want to have five kids. You do? Are you the oldest or youngest? I'm the second oldest. Wow. So I have an older sister. Yeah. Yeah. Did your siblings have anything to contribute to the book, or was that more just you and your mom? It was um, me and my mom, because at one point, you know, she asked anybody else if they wanted to be involved in yeah. the book, and I had more time yeah. than everybody else, and they were all, you know, raising kids and doing that kind of stuff, and they were like, yeah, not so much. Yeah. I mean, they wanted to share a story or two, um, but again, we were doing it from my dad's perspective, so we kind of kept it along those lines. Yeah. My one brother, Joe, he was really involved with um, scanning all the images for me. Yeah. You know, uploading those. And so I kind of did the format on my computer. um, And then I went to a company that does 
graphic design and book layout and all that stuff. So they finished it off. Wow, that must be like intimidating, right? Like just writing a book, especially when it's about somebody that you love and care about so much, right? Wanting to do them justice. But in addition to that formatting, deciding even what photos go in here and what stories go in here and what to focus on. Right. I kind of followed like my intuition. Yeah. I I don't know how to describe that, but it was more of um, just thinking, what would my dad want to be in here if he... You know, if he thought these were the important ones. And so I also, again, use my background in, in film, history yeah. of film, and saying these people have to be in there. Um, so it was kind of a process, and it was it was very o- overwhelming at first. Um, and my mom and I were going back and forth on who should be in there. She wanted everybody in there. And I yeah. was like, Mom, it's going to be, you know, like a 5,000-page book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, so at that point, you know, we decided to narrow it down, so... I just had to look at stuff and go, no, yeah, no, yeah, kind of put them in. What were the requirements then? Like, who made it into this book? Um, Gosh, there's probably thousands of pictures. God. Um, Probably some more stories, um, you know, where I was just like, this will be a good start. I've had people approach me and say, you know, maybe you should do another book. Um, But it was one of those things where I just poured everything into it, and I just... It's a lot of work. Very happy with it. Yeah, Yeah. it's beautiful. And I mean, even like the binding and everything is really beautiful. And isn't this book and some of the collection at the Hollywood Museum too? Yes, they're selling the book. They have um, the collection. It's been there for over 10, I think 15 years. Wow. I know, yeah. What does that collection look like? Well, it's kind of, it's it's changed over the years because originally – um, what they ha- have is all the um, framed autographs that I mentioned in the book that my dad made 101 of those from yeah. different films, and he would take a poster from the film, and then every star that was in it was around, you know, in that particular frame, and then he would frame it. So he did a hundred, I think, 103 of those. Wow! And those are all at the. Hollywood Museum. Oh my gosh. His camera was there, his original autograph book, the pen, um, the the little albums where we found the black and whites that were um, autographed, his file folder, you know, just pretty wow. much everything. It all went in there and then they decided what they would put out. Um, also his slideshow, um, my brother made it into like a DVD with sound and so they would show that on the wall. Uh, like repeating all the time so it's like you went into this little area and it was just old hollywood yeah you know yeah golden age it was just you got that impression i feel like we're missing part of that right now like i love the evolution and the technology and the innovation of what hollywood is and what it's become in the people of course but i think there's just something about like the classics and how it started and going from silent film to like having sound i mean it is a family business right i think there's just something that just takes you back that you're like "Mm, i like i miss that Mm mm-hmm and he was able to be there for that part of it, yeah. you know, to be on the, the outside looking in and seeing how things moved and changed and yeah. and went from silent film to, um, you know, film, regular film with sound, and then from black and white to color. Yeah. So we got to see a lot of that change and progress. And even with the sound, um, you know, at one point he was working with sound guys from different TV shows and movies. Um, so he did a lot of work with the equipment for that. Yeah. 
And uh, so it kept him there and still, you know, enjoying it every minute, you know, that he was doing that. Did he have any opinions about the evolution of film? I think because he was in it, he was just, you know, impressed with how quickly everything changed, you know. Yeah. Again, from black and white to from, you know, no sound to talkies yeah. to, to um, color and then everything after that. You know, he was just really, really impressed with that. I love it. What do you think he would say about the book? Uh, I think he'd be proud. You know, I think he'd... Um, I kind of got the impression, because my aunt was still alive, um, it was almost like she was saying what he would have said, mm. how proud she was and how proud he would be, and just the way it ended up so beautifully done. Yeah. It, you know, nobody had any idea that it was going to end up like this, as opposed to just maybe a paperback, you know, yeah. with, with just some photos in it. I mean, it's like a statement piece, right, on any coffee table or even like on my bookshelf, right? It's something that you want to show off, that you want to look at, that you just want to show your grandchildren or whoever just to go through the pages and see what else is out there. Right. Right. So, I mean, I, I think he would be proud. Um, there's one story that um, I think is, is kind of interesting. And I, the thing about that book is I didn't realize how much my dad had, um, had been there. Yeah. You know, spiritually, um, there was that connection when I was doing the book. And there was one point where I was, you know, trying to, I, I was doing layout more than anything on my computer. Yeah. I was just like, put it, I put the text in and then I started dropping photos in. And it was just like, whatever the star was, whatever the, you know, image was, wherever they were, I was just kind of putting it in, doing it not 100%, paying yeah. attention to who's where on what page. And it got to be like 11 o'clock at night. I was trying to finish and, you know, for the day. And I kept saving the document. And I'd open it back up again. And the photos would move around. And I was like, what's going on here, you know? And I would do the same thing. And I'd save it. And I'd open it. And it popped back up. And boom, they were all over the place. And I was like, all right. So I decided, well, maybe I'll read what's going on here, yeah. you know, in the yeah. text. So I started reading stuff. And it applied to whatever photo was there. So in my mind, I was thinking my dad was like telling me, no, you can't this photo this, goes here, yeah, this goes here, that goes there and you need to leave it. And at one point I just said, OK, dad, I get it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. It's late. I understand. Yeah. You know? So at that point, you know, I realized he's here, you know, <sighs> his spirit is, you know, part of the process. What I love about your story, right? Like. You were, and I don't want to say you're a regular family, but like you were just a family that grew up in the Los Angeles area, right? Your father had a hobby. Your mom supported him. You have your siblings around you. And of course there's film and all this kind of stuff, but it's really like this magical thing, this, this moment in time, this experience, this memory, right? That you just have in this time capsule that nobody knew about. Mm -hmm. He passes, you honor his, uh, his image, his passion, his love for what it is. And you create this beautiful work of art He's there to help you. Your mom is there to help you. Your aunt is there. You're all supporting each other. It's just this beautiful moment. And I think it's a way for you to share that with the world. I mean, we are all grateful to even look at that, right? The way that it is. Well, thank you. Ugh. Yeah. I want to learn more about some of the stories. Like, did he come home and tell you any stories about any of the actors or actresses? Well, there were like, he has one really good story. And there are a lot of stories in the book. But the one that I like the best is Catherine Hepburn. Um, 
a lot of times my dad would go to like golf tournaments or tennis tournaments that are, um, you know, they're fundraisers for yeah. different organizations and they call in the stars to, to, you know, support it and play in the golf tournaments and play in the tennis tournaments. And there was one time where my dad went to um, a tennis tournament in L.A. And um, it was kind of toward the end of the evening. And all of a sudden, he saw Catherine Hepburn coming off the court. And he's like, oh, my gosh, Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. And he thought, ooh, I got my camera. So he came up to her as she was coming off the court. And um, he said, do you, do you mind, you know, Miss Hepburn, if I take your picture? And she goes, sure, no problem. So she was standing there, and she was holding these really ugly, you know, dirty tennis shoes. I yeah. mean, obviously, you know. And so my dad thought, well, do you want to put those down for the picture? And she looked at him and she goes, absolutely not. These are my favorite <laughs> lucky tennis shoes. So they will be in the picture. And my dad was like, okay, sure, no problem. So I took the picture. It was a nice picture of her. And the thing that makes it even funnier is when I was doing the layout with the graphic design artist who was, you know, putting all the pictures in cropping and doing whatever, you know, I needed to do. He put that picture in and he cropped off the shoes. I said, no, they need to be in the picture. <laughs> so here I am still defending, you know, the shoes have to be in the picture. So it was pretty funny. And, uh, you know, again, I thought of my dad and I was like, don't worry. You don't know, worry, it's gonna got be, it. It's going to be in there. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. Wow. That's like all the small moments that you just wouldn't have known normally. But right. from that relationship, right? what is he most proud of? Which autograph? I would say there were probably a couple. Um, again, this is from a film standpoint, but from a personal standpoint, too. Um, he has like four or five pictures of um, Robert Mitchum. Uh. Um, one of them, it's, in, it's a full page picture, and it's in color. Yeah. And it's just a beautiful picture of him. He's in costume for, for a movie. Um, but I think my dad was really happy about that, just the way it turned out, and the fact that he was very personable. Yeah. And he talks to my dad, you know, several times, and hey, Joe, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and again, you know, this is in the studios, um, but there, he was able to get that one. Yeah. And then another one, just from the standpoint of being, you know, such an innovator, whatever, in film was Orson Welles. Oh, my God. So he got an Orson Welles picture and autograph. So, so those are, I think, a few um, but again, there's so many, and yeah. he always talked about the people that were just so sincerely nice. Um, yeah. Jimmy Stewart, um, gosh, Bob Hope, yeah, um, Fred Astaire, just everybody was very, very nice. Yeah. When do you think that changed? Ooh. I would probably say after the '60s, maybe sometime in the early '70s. Yeah. It started becoming like, you know, we got to get a picture. we got to get the stars. And it became more of a, um, an aggressive, yeah. you know, get the photo type of thing. Whereas back when my dad was doing it, it was just the you love. Know, see them. And yeah. They're just shopping and you're not interrupting their day, you know, and they're happy to take a picture. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That was different. What surprised you the most in this process? Right. And I, we talk a lot about you know, we have our normal life and we do what we need to do, of course, to eat food and pay our rent and all this stuff. And I think you're a creative, right? Like you you pushed yourself into a new thing that you didn't think maybe you were capable of or that you even wanted to do when you were born, right? Like whatever. You made this book, you went through your memories, you spoke with your family, 
was there anything that really kind of stood out or that just made you be like, huh, either I didn't know I could do this or this was crazy or, oh my God, I had no idea that fill in the blank. Um, I had no idea again that it was going to end up being what it was because when I was originally looking at it, and again, you know, this was with my mom, it was like kind of, let's make it more of a, um, a coffee table book. Yeah. And at that point I was like, well, you know, there's got to be more to it, you know, because he does have a story. Um, so at that point, you know, it just started morphing into something bigger. And then, of course, you know, when I thought, well, you know, this really need you really need to tell the story all the way through. Yeah. Um, it just it just kind of became this bigger thing that I, I didn't imagine. Yeah. I knew going through it, I kind of had a gut feeling that, you know, I wanted it to be a certain way. I saw the way I wanted the cover to be. But again, in that process, it became so big and, and yeah. monumental. And, um, you know, again, it took about 15 years. 15 uh, years? Yeah. So we started, you know, again, just starting with my mom, you know, the idea and trying to get the images and getting them all scanned and yeah. prioritizing and everything. And then my mom passed away. And during <sighs> that time, I just kind of put everything aside and I thought, I need a break. Yeah. And then I came back, and at that point, it was, you know, full steam ahead, and let's get wow. this done. So. That's crazy. You know, it's funny because we have these ideas that we start working on, and then sometimes they are, like, held off. And you're like, oh, you know what? Not right now, not right now. But then as soon as you come back to it, it's like no time has passed. And you're like, okay, I know my vision now, and I, I'm going to execute right. on it. Right. Wow. So it was clearer, you know, at that yeah. point. Um, and then I started looking at different companies, you know, to help with the publishing and, and graphic design and everything. Yeah. And then at that point, it was like, all right, now you got to get this done. Yeah. You know, you have to. And of course, they had deadlines and everything. Yeah. And they were pushing me along, which <laughs> really, really helped. Yeah. <laughs> well, I always, I always tell people, I'm like, if I, you know, people are like, oh, if I want to do something, I'm going to be quiet about it until I'm ready to launch it. I'm the opposite. I, if I have an idea, I have to talk about it even before I start. I'll pretend I have already started and it's like in the works because that pushes me to do it. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, um, again, I think the fact that starting out, it was just like, you know, one bit at a time, one piece at a time, and yeah. then it just started snowballing. And then it became fun because it was like, oh, this person has to be in there. Oh, my yeah. gosh, I found this person, you know, and so – Again, you just keep moving along with it as yeah. you go. And I think the one thing that I wanted to show, too, with my dad is that he um, he had a little narrative, you yeah. know, that was two or three pages about all the stars, these little wow. stories and everything. And we were able to find the original in that. So I put it in the book. So th those kind of things. What is one wish that you have for somebody that picks up the book? What do you want them to get out of it? I think what I want them to get out of it is to know that no matter how big your dream is, that, you know, it can come true um, if you go in the direction that you want to and you have the passion, um, you pretty much can do anything. And <sighs> I think my dad proved that by, you know, moving somewhere he didn't know anybody and then just moving along with his, you know, dream of meeting the stars and interacting and you know enjoying that whole experience yeah um that you know again if you have that passion 
you have that energy and enthusiasm, you can pretty much, you know, do do whatever you whatever you want. So as we're wrapping up, tell me your go-to places in Los Angeles. Oh, I know you're going to ask me that. (laughs) Putting you on the spot. Yes, yes. Well, I'm a big fan of museums, so I love to go to museums. Um, I love the old Hollywood uh, restaurants that are still around, like Luzon Franks and um, some of the other ones. Um, I love to go to Hollywood Boulevard again, you know, even though it isn't the same as it was back then. Yeah. But to go to the, um, the Hollywood Museum, uh, which is in the Max Factor building, and just that whole energy around there, yeah. you know, to see that it has changed, but it still, you know, has that spirit of, of Hollywood. Yeah. What's a hidden gem in Hollywood or in Los Angeles that people generally don't know about? Oh, boy. Again, I'm on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) A good Hollywood gem. I think think it's fun. It's a tourist situation. I don't know if it's a secret gem, but I just love to go to the um, Chinese theater. Oh, yes. And to go and look around and see all the the stars that put their prints in, in the... Uh, cement and their autographs are in there as well yeah they're still adding people I think Kobe Bryant was added there the other day so it's kind of a neat thing to really go around and just look at all those um, autographs and and footprints and everything and I usually for me it's like I'll look and I'll say oh my god look at the the girls their their feet are so small yeah you know because they have these stiletto heels on (laughs) yeah teeny teeny yeah so you kind of you know can go back a little bit in time doing that I think it's kind of fun it's funny because Shirley Temple I think is over there I think her handprints are and she's also in the book multiple times it's funny because you see her from this child actor growing up right through the ages right wow yeah what is something that if you're not from LA that would surprise you if you moved here or that people just don't know about I I think I think the thing that's um surprising for people now is that um again hollywood back in the day the stars were walking around they were doing their shopping they go to the movies you know everything was happening in hollywood yeah and i think um now it's different again because people are going down to hollywood and thinking maybe they're going to see a star if they're from out of the state or out of the country it's not, you know, they're not able to do that. All you're going to see are encampments. Yes, <laughs> Which yes. Which is like sad and terrible. We should talk yes. about homelessness, but that's some different podcasts. Right, right. <laughs> so so I think, you know, even though they do, you know, they have people and take them on tours to see the yeah. stars home and try to try to keep that aspect of it, it's just so spread out now. It's different now, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. It, it's kind of a hard thing to to capture yeah. what, what it was like back then. I always laugh when I'm next to one of those big red tour buses because I'm always like, I live here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <and> I'm like, <laughs> you don't know. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> wow. For those listeners and, and people who are watching, where can they find your book and more information about you and what you do? Oh, yes. Um, I have a website. It's uh, joeackermanshollywood.com. And you can find information about me there. Um, you can buy the book there online. Um, the book's available at the Hollywood Museum, which I would recommend anybody going yeah. to. It's kind of a neat place to go. They've got um, 
costumes from a lot of the old shows and movies and props and just all kinds of fun stuff, you know, from old Hollywood up until new stuff. Yeah. Um, they have permanent exhibits like for Batman, the, the story, the, the show, um, just a lot of funny, good stuff like that. Um, so, so Hollywood Heritage, um, they're selling the book too. Great. Online. Um, and there are a few bookstores, independent bookstores yeah. around. Any last words of wisdom or anything we didn't cover? Um, I think for anybody, the, the thing that I think um, is important about the book um, and getting it out there is that, um, you know, there is history besides, you know, what you learn in school. Yeah. Um, there are stories that, that people have um, that are, you know, good to share um, with other people so they get to see the experience and the, the knowledge that they have from a specific time. And again, you know, it's a lost time and it's always good to, to, you know, show that and present that to people so that they can see there's a whole nother side to yeah. Hollywood and the sincerity that people had and, and kind of the difference that it is now as a big city as opposed to when it was a lot smaller. Yeah, more close-knit. <laughs> wow, powerful. What a powerful way to end. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. And we'll catch you later. Thank you.